It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by RealBlueSpruce.com. All right, you found the Creative Real Estate Podcast where you'll learn innovative ideas to structure your real estate transactions. From house hacking to fix and flips, tax deeds to private lending, hey, you'll even learn how to syndicate large commercial multifamily communities. On this podcast, I'll share with you the knowledge you need to be able to utilize strategies like lease options, subject to owner finance, and partnering with the right people to get deals done and make some money. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams. I've actually done all of the above, and through this podcast, I'll show you how. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to thank you for being a loyal listener. If you like this content, please stop by iTunes and leave a five-star rating. That way, the podcast can attract more great guests that you can pick up nuggets from. Today, I'm joined with Tammy Mitchell. Why don't you introduce yourself? What, what got you started into real estate? Hey, Adam. Yes, uh, Tammy Mitchell here. It's such a pleasure and honor to be here as your guest today. Thank you for having me. Uh, I have been in the real estate industry for uh, over 20 years now, and I can always keep track because I think about how old my daughter was when I got into it. She was a little girl. She was my motivation, actually. Oh, great. I wanted the freedom to be a full-time parent and the income to uh, enjoy time together and, and not live on macaroni and cheese or peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, so, I think... I think those are amazing motivations and probably a lot of people can relate to you whereas they've always said, hey, I want to be able to do this. I want the freedom. I want the time. I want to spend time with my kids, with my daughter, with my son and, uh, and be you know, financially free. So uh, tell us about your path through real estate. What was the first deal sure. you did 20 years ago? Uh, the very first deal I did was flip the house in the hills of Berkeley, uh, Berkeley Hills, um, where the, uh, my boyfriend at the time, he and I were trying to buy another property. We wanted to buy a property in order to do it. We needed to create some quick cash. Okay. And so we, uh, found we, we had access to a property. We updated quickly, worked, uh, did all the work ourselves and replaced carpet, painted, tile, backsplash. Um, and at the time, California market was definitely on fire. Berkeley was super hot and popular. And um, we put a for sale by owner sign in the yard. We did an open house. It was a gorgeous, perfect, gorgeous day. We had so many people come in and um, created a lot of buzz. We started mm -hmm. you know, just sharing our enthusiasm, pointing out all the things we did. And, um, everybody thought that they were going to make an offer. Like we kept, and people were talking in the room in the house, like, Oh, we got to make, we got to move on this. We got to." And so the market conditions and, and everything going on really happened to benefit us where we ended up selling the property for over 65,000 over our list price. Wow. Great. With one offer. Okay. okay. <laughs> so they, 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 they were like, Oh crap. I've yeah. So, yeah. so how many of those people were hired uh, to just uh, kind of create that buzz for you? I wasn't that smart at the time. <laughs> Today I might work on some plants in the audience. Okay, but, okay. Uh, no, it just, you know, the, the market conditions just really worked in our favor. It was a great property, beautiful view, and, and the buzz of the showing, the open house, just really created an opportunity that we did well. Um, yep. And then we started buying more properties and doing the same thing, and we just kind of had a system. So we did some flipping. Um, started wholesaling some things. I wow. got my real estate license. 
I have since, uh, about 12 years ago, I moved back to Texas. Um, I was running a real estate office for a, a national uh, franchise here. And really, so I do both. I, I, I broker and, and invest. I'm a very investor-friendly agent for people. And that's where I started learning more and more ways that I could do different things in real estate. And I started reading books, watching webinars, attending events, connecting with people. And I love to connect. I'm not very, that's, that's really my core strength is relationships. Yeah. I speak on relational capital. Let me ask you, uh, sorry to cut you off. Uh, let me ask you, so you said you're a broker. Um, now, when we were talking about your story, you've done, you've done small things, you've done flips, you've done wholesales, you've done medium-sized apartment buildings, and you've even done large apartment buildings. Um, so I guess the question would be, when you're doing um, your brokering, uh, what is your focus when you're a broker? Well, um, my husband's a wholesaler. Okay. okay. So, so he is an easy audience for me. Um, and we partner really well together. Uh, we cross refer people to each other. Really investors make up probably 80% of my brokering business. And is that, is that fix and flip investors or buy and hold fix and flip. I have out of area investors that I meet through different means, um, wow. including social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, events. I meet people who are out of the area who are in uh, more expensive markets where the cap rates are super low, yep. where, where the cash flow just isn't there. The appreciation might be there, but let's face it. Most real estate investors need cash flow, right? Yeah. Not everybody has the benefit of a REIT behind them to, to let the appreciation play benefit them over 20 years. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing your experience. I, I think um, we'll get right into it. So this is the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And what we, we talk about a lot of things, helping people get out of foreclosure, um, you know, partnership, uh, very, very um, structured in a strategic way. But what, one of the things that Tammy's done, guys, which is it's really, really incredible, uh, you know, she has all sorts of experience, but the things that I want to kind of bring out today is how she's been able to close on to uh, 2,000 units. And a lot of those units, she didn't have to come out of pocket with any of her own money. Um, and a lot of those units, she didn't have to analyze herself, but she still owns them. She didn't have to uh, manage them herself. She has a team for that. So let's get right into uh, some of the ways that that you've done creative real estate to um, solve problems for people and or to, you know, be able to come out of pocket with little to no money and still, uh, you know, have 2000 units. How did, how did you do that? Yeah. Um, I would, I would say the first and foremost thing that as investors we have to remember is we're solving other people's problems. And at the same time, we're creating wealth and abundance for ourselves and our, our partners or our network, right? Um, and I like to approach everything with a very, I don't even know what boxes are, so I won't say think outside of the box. I just kind of look at the deal and say, what's going to make this work? Um, okay. I'm a very intentional uh, puzzle solver. And... And I would say not every meeting I have results with what I want. I might talk to 
50, 100, 200 sellers or other investors, and, and we're, we don't have a meeting of the minds, and that is okay. Uh, for me, no is the quickest way to getting to my yes, so I'll take the there no. I love that. Okay. Yeah, so they, they excite me. They don't disappoint me, I, and that's a choice you have to make. You have to decide, like, I'm, I'm closer to a great deal. Um, and so I, I, one of the first deals I did that was pretty fun and exciting was my husband and I um, found out about a gentleman who had passed away tragically, unexpectedly in a motorcycle accident. And he happened to own a portfolio of properties that were really D-class properties. Okay. 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 What and, city were they in? What city? Uh, they were in Longview, Texas, which is where okay. I live. It's a tertiary okay. market. Um, Again, not a great appreciation market, but a great cash flow market. And uh, there were probably a total of 150 doors on the oh. table that needed some okay. oversight and management. And he had self-managed, um, not really great properties. Some of them were okay. One of them terrified me. I'm not going to lie. Scared me. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, but um, everybody has to live somewhere. Right. I mean, it's unless the property is just falling down and we approached the, the sellers, the, the owner's wife and children, their adult children, and um, said, hey, we're interested in these. And they kind of we went back and forth on some ways to make it work, but they didn't really want to do a seller financing or a wrap. And we didn't really want to put any cash out of pocket into something that was a D class property. OK. And so we went to the bank to find out if we could just assume the note. And sure enough, the bank, the bank didn't want the properties back. So everybody knew that a solution needed to be found where there, there's obviously an opportunity here. There's money to be made. People are living here. Yeah, it needs some attention. Um, and so we were able to work out a deal with the seller um, and the bank. We took over the note. We came up with a small second to the seller, small, insignificant second to the seller that mm. we paid for six months to give them a little bit of cash to feel good. Okay, okay. Um, it was and about did that three, just come out of your cash flows then? It came strictly so out you, of your cash So you didn't flow. have to come out front. You just, you said, hey, we'll buy it. And, you know, as we make a certain amount every month, we'll just, yes. we'll just, you know, keep you a little happy. Yeah, and it came out close to about five thousand dollars that they got over okay. that period. It was, it was okay. I guess six to nine months. That was that with your that was that five thousand uh, dollars over six to nine months? Was that for a hundred fifty doors? No, we ended up um, taking that was ninety two doors actually. Okay, okay, good deal. And and how about when we talk about the assumable? Uh, excuse me, because I'm I'm projecting here. When we talk about the, the mortgage that was assumed, was it originally assumable or did, is that, okay, so she's shaking her head, no, it, it was, was not, not. It was not assumable. It was a local lender and that helped us a lot. Mm -hmm. I had a relationship with the, again, we get back to relationships. I had a relationship with the mortgage broker. Mm. Um, I had a relationship with the bank vice presidents. And through course of conversation, and this did not happen quickly. It took us about six months to work this out and all come to a meeting of the mind. But the, the longer it took, actually, the more motivated the seller became. She wanted it off her plate. And yeah. so it, it became easier and easier to, to make it work uh, because at first she wanted like $50,000. And we're like, oh, that's not happening. <laughs> 
How, and, how much was the portfolio? Sorry to interrupt you. How much yeah, was the total cost that you were paying? The total, the total cost of the property? For you, uh, yeah. For us. Acquisition. Well, well, acquisition. I mean, we, we, our total out-of-pocket cost was less than $300. Wow. Okay, but the value of the property itself was uh, the property total property value was probably three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And the assumable mortgage, uh, excuse me, the mortgage that you assumed that wasn't originally assumable. How Less how much was two hundred thousand? Two hundred. So Less so you went in with a hundred thousand equity, automatic. Yeah. You came out of pocket with nothing, maybe yeah. three hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, and and you solved a problem for somebody uh, because you thought outside because you didn't have a box. I didn't have a box. <laughs> there was no box. Awesome. Awesome. Tell us about another deal that you did similar yeah, to that. Yeah. So uh, this last year I bought a mobile home park from, Oh wow. Um, yeah. There was a, a guy I knew and he was going through some difficult times. I, I knew he was going through difficult times, but I honestly didn't reach out to him to see, you know, what he wanted or needed. He contacted me to see if I had any investors that might be interested in a property as because he knows I'm the investor broker. Right. Yep. And he told me what he needed to do and what he wanted and what he wanted was, it was reasonable. You know, he, he's, he, his request was reasonable. I put it out there, but he came back to me a few days later. He said, you know, I honestly, I need to close on this in the next 21 days. I have 21 days to solve a problem. And, and he told me what his bottom line was. And I said, well, I can reach out to people, but I'm also interested. Would you be willing to let me buy the property? Hmm. And he said, sure, I don't care. I just need the cash. Yeah. And so I went to one of my doctor investors and I said, hey, I can set you up with this kind of return on this kind of asset. Are you interested? I'll pay you instead of a bank. And I'll give you a small, I gave him a 5% equity position to make a decision that day. I said, look, I'm, and, it, and I don't really like to pressure people, but I needed to do something oh, yeah. in this case, right? Yeah. So I said, if you can make a decision today, I'm going to give you 5% equity in the deal and set up very reasonable terms uh, for me on the property. And uh, he called me back within the hour and said, I'll do the deal. And I, I put $0 out of my own pocket. Even his funding covered all of the closing costs and everything right. and the property cash flows. I'm, it, I'm making, you know... 800 a month on that property. It's not a huge property. My cash flow is about 800 and I'll probably sell the property this year for a nice profit of six figures plus. Wow. That's incredible. That's, that's really awesome. Tell us more about um, the details of how you structured that with the doctor, with the paperwork, um, with the equity. How, how did that look? So for the listeners, they can understand kind of how they would do something similar. Yeah. So one of my very best friends and best resources is my real estate attorney. And I, uh, I, get, I give him, here's what I want to do. Will you write this up? So basically the deed puts uh, ownership, it's divided ownership, right? And I really handed it off to my attorney and the title company and I just signed the papers. Okay. To be honest, that's Great. where I use my power team. And and we I all agree on what we want and I just sign away. I think that that's great for the audience to to learn to learn that because that's more important than you know sitting there and saying well this is the paper I use this is but to turn it over to experts who are able to do this comfortably 
um, is maybe some of the best advice I think we can share with the audience. Good. Yeah, it, it's good advice. I learned um, uh, somebody once told me they were an expert in every aspect of their business. And I said, how, I mean, how can you truly be an expert in every, I know what I like to do. I know what I'm capable of doing. I know what I'm really good at doing. Yeah. I, know what I really, you know, the things that I'm not really good at doing, I tend to procrastinate on or I mess up on. And so I surround myself with really, I surround myself with really awesome resources who are good at what they do. They love that piece of the job. No need That's to duplicate awesome. that. And yes, does it cost me a little bit of money sometimes? Yeah. Sometimes I barter services, right? I give my attorney first right of refusal. He's an investor too. I give him first right of refusal on all the wholesale deals we have, right? And so I don't, I, I do pay for his services, but it is a fraction of what I would be paying for mm. traditional. So I love I, it. You will, you will hear me come back to relationships over and over and over. Yeah. I cannot emphasize to people the value of a quality power team and to approach your power team from a give, not a get perspective. And if you can add value to those people, they will reciprocate. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. So we talked, how many units was this, this property that you did with the doctor? That, that is a nine unit property. It's on okay. five acres. It could be developed into about 70. It could be a 70. So let me ask you. I love it. Okay. So, but, but how, how on a nine unit are you, how are you making, you said six figures when you sell it? Um, how did, how did that happen? Cause that seems like a very big spread. Cause I got a really great buy. Okay. Awesome. Really great awesome. Um, and so we're talking nine units there, uh, 90 units there, uh, another dozen fit flips and wholesales. How, yeah. do you, how are you holding the 2000? Can you tell us a little bit more sure. about what? It, it is a combination of small multifamily, medium multifamily, some single family homes, the mobile home park, and then syndication. I am involved in some syndications. Um, and, and we, we have, um, close to a thousand doors in what we have five, 454 doors in Atlanta, um, that we closed on a year ago last week. Congrats. Um, yeah. Thank you. And then we have another, um, over 600 in the Dallas area and then some, uh, coming up soon in, in new Orleans. So, and for, for a lot of these, uh, you said 600 in Dallas, 400 in Atlanta plus. And so for a lot of these, when we were talking before, you said you didn't need to come out of pocket to buy a lot of these. You also didn't need to be the underwriter who like numbers guy analyzing everything. And you also said you don't necessarily have to fly there and manage them all yourself. So let's talk about your team and how you got to be able to do 2000 doors with very little money out of pocket. What, what was your strategy there? Oh, that would go back to relationships. Okay. Okay, so you've got to show up. You know, I show up at events. I meet people. I find people that I feel like we have energy that resonates. I, I, I have a really significant and amazing network of people, friends and connections and masterminders, not just in the real estate space, but in pers personal development space as well, vendors, um, uh, Tech, technology people. I mean, we, we need more than just real estate people in our lives. Yes. Okay. So I have a lot of really influential and powerful relationships in my sphere of influence and they take my phone calls and my text messages. And 
when I meet people and I see, oh, they're doing a great thing. I love what they're doing. How could I help enhance it and make it better for them? So I, I partnered with some people who I saw needed. Uh, they were just starting out a new company of their own, offering services to people in the training space and helping create more syndicators. And I brought them some mentors and coaches and technology resources and funding partners. And through that means, I became a director of investor relations within their organization. I also am one of their speakers at their events. And, um, and I'm bringing value to them and they're bringing value to me. And yeah. I get to participate in deals um, without having to put, and, and I want to, I want to put some of my own money because I'll make even more money, right? Yeah. I'm not gonna yeah, say don't totally. do it. Um, but to be able to get in the door where there's a lot of syndications, it's a minimum of $100,000 to participate. Not everybody has a liquid $100,000 when a deal is ready to participate in it. Yeah. So, um, I, was, I was able to add value by bringing investors and bringing resources and developing their training, um, giving them feedback. Is they, I mean, they have, the, they have the skills, but I help them work on the presentation and the live events and so it's a, it's a give and take relationship. Yep. I and, love it. And, and, and it's been very significant for, for their, um, their expansion and mine. That's, that's so great. If, um, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, but I feel like I've gotten so much value out of this. One of my key takeaways would be the emphasis that you place on not just relationships, but within those relationships, you really emphasize adding value to everybody. So when you're talking to the doctor and the lawyer, you're not really needing to ask for money. You're finding a way to get their money out of the stock market for them. You're finding a way to fix the, uh, when you were talking about some of the doctors who are really concerned about uh, the medical changes with Obamacare, um, finding ways of helping them to redirect some of those things. You're helping your partners. You found a way in, in the door with people that are, are doing some big things where you can offer enough value to them. And as we, as we go through everything that you've done from the beginning to those first fix and flips uh, to the middle with you know, the nine unit and the 90 unit, you've always, you've always offered somebody something first and you, and you receive the value last. I think that's an important takeaway. What else would you think that we need to share with the audience as a great takeaway from, from today's discussion, something that Tammy can share with them so that they can really progress into their investing? I think patience. Um, I think patience is really key. I, I speak to building relationships is like birthing a child. You don't give birth to a child and it's running out the door and graduating from high school in five minutes or five days. Great, yeah. You need to allow your relationships to have a natural growing process, and it needs to be authentic. You need to be authentic. Um, we don't all walk into this game with our pockets filled with cash, but I think the best thing we can do for ourselves is approach every conversation like our pockets are abundantly filled with cash and we need for nothing and operate from integrity. So patience and integrity will serve you in the growth of your relationships with people who can make a significant difference in your success, in your development, and making introductions for you to other key people. That's great. And for so many of our listeners who, who know that you could probably connect them with the right person at the right time, 
How do our, the listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, sure. So I can be found um, on all social media platforms, um, Tammy Thrasher Mitchell, Tammy Thrasher Mitchell. Uh, and then you can email me at uh, Tammy at Sterling Oaks with an S properties.com. Best ways to reach me. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, you've had a lot of value to me and I think to a lot of listeners. And, uh, you know, we want to reciprocate with you. And if there's anything we can do, please let us know. Uh, thanks again and uh, have a great day. Absolutely. Thanks, Adam. Bye. Hey, everyone. Manny Perez here. This podcast is growing fast because of listeners like you. Thank you, guys. Do me one favor. Will you go to iTunes right now and leave us a positive rating? This will help us get more top-notch guests for the future. Again, please go to iTunes right now and leave us a positive rating. Thank you, guys, and keep listening.